0: Aloha and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, author of the book Boy Mom. I am married to Dave and I live on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii, where every day is a vacation. (laughs) Just kidding. I know some of you want to think that and I hate to break it to you, but it's just not true. I've got real life. Real bills, real laundry, and you wouldn't want to see the state of my kitchen sink right now. So just know that I am doing life right alongside of you as we raise these boys up to be good and godly young men in the world today. That is my goal, to offer you as much encouragement and biblical wisdom as I can. So thank you for joining me. It is my honor to serve you here, and I am just really excited to dive into today's episode with you. And guys, this episode marks a special new season. We just wrapped up covering all the main topics from my book, Boy Mom. So if you're a new listener, I hope you will take time to go back over the last episodes where I shared the 12 areas, the 12 things that I believe moms most need to equip their sons. The things that our boys need most to grow up to be independent young men ready to launch into this world. I've had some great interviews. We've had some really good conversation and a lot of resources offered to you as well. So I hope you can go back and listen to the previous episodes. But starting today the cool thing is, it's anything goes. We're going to talk about all kinds of things about raising boys. We're going to talk some real practical, general topics. I'm going to bring on some experts to talk about uh, special challenges, unique situations. I've been taking your special requests that you've been emailing and sending me in messages, and we are going to have a lot of variety of topics in the weeks ahead. If you haven't left me your requests and there's something on your mind about raising boys, please feel free to email me at aloha at mon I read everyone and I'll do my best to make this podcast something that serves you well. So continue to spread the word. And also guys, thank you so much for the ratings and reviews. They continue to come in. I read everyone and they mean so much to me. And though it's hard to imagine it's making a difference. It really is. Thanks to your ratings and reviews. I get higher rankings. I am found by more boy moms all over the world. And this community is going to be such a special place already. We're just a few months in. Now today I'm going to read one because I read everyone and just so you know if you leave one I may leave um, share yours here in a future episode but this one was left last Thursday from J.S. Hubes. These names are always a little funny because it's not like someone's email address. I don't know how they determine um, the names here but anyway J.S. Hubes titled this Love the Joy gave me five stars. Thank you so much and this is what she said. I am a boy mom with two with the third do in two short weeks. Oh, that could be any day now. And I'm loving the practical, spiritual, and joyful heart in instructing other moms. I get so intimidated thinking about the future and my responsibilities with these precious fellows. And it is such an encouragement to hear from others how to seek the Lord in those fears and then how to live out raising godly men. Thank you so much, J.S. Hubes. And no fear. We are all here for you. We're doing this thing together. Um, I know it can be intimidating, but I hope and pray that this podcast will bring you lots of support and encouragement so that you can get over those fears and just enjoy the boys. So congratulations, your little guys should be coming anytime now, and I hope you enjoy this new season. I really loved bringing home that third son. I don't know. I'm curious. This is a good question for another episode, but which, which child has been the most challenging for all of you? Like, was number one the biggest transition or number two? And if you've had more than one or two, three, four, I found that number two was a tough transition. Transition just because it became such a juggling act. By the time I had three, I think I was already like losing my mind. So it was just one more. But I'd be curious what the rest of you would say. So you're always welcome to leave comments in response to little random things like this over at the show notes, which you will always find at monicaswanson.com dot com forward slash podcast. So guys, I am so excited now to dive into today's podcast episode, where I got to bring on a good friend and a fellow podcaster, Heather McFadden. Heather is the voice behind the Don't Mom Alone podcast, which is a very popular podcast. Most of you are probably already listening to it. And if you're not, then you're going to want to be after hearing from Heather today. This podcast used to be called the God-Centered Mom Podcast, and I have been blessed to be on her podcast twice. One a few years back when it was the god-centered mom and then just recently i was on again and heather is somebody that just inspires me as a podcaster she is just so easy to talk to she's so honest she's so much fun and she brings on some amazing guests i mean outside of me. She brings on really smart people and really interesting people. And I've learned so much through Heather's podcast. So you're going to want to be sure to track her down and follow if you're not already. But I was excited to bring Heather on because not only does she have a background in today's topic, but she has personal experience with her four sons and her own actual personal experience you'll hear about today as well that I didn't even know about. So I learned something new. Heather and I are talking about sensory processing issues. Now, now, sensory processing issues is something that I think really has come into the spotlight more in about the last 10 years, maybe a little bit more than that. But of course, God has wired us all uniquely, and this is something I'm sure that has been around forever, but it's like we've only begun to recognize um, not only the importance of sensory processing, but that there are a lot of things we can do to help our kids work through some sensory processing challenges, and Heather has a lot to say about that and some um, resources from an interview she did on her podcast as well, so I think you're going to find it really, really encouraging. Of course, there will be show notes to everything Heather and I talk about and links to anything that she mentions over at my show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. Or you can find this specific um, podcast episode over at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 22. So, um, guys, I think that you're going to find this conversation super encouraging. If you are uh, experiencing any sensory issues with your children, I think you're going to find some support and encouragement in the things that Heather shares. And so, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in to my chat with Heather McFadden. I hope you enjoy. Well, aloha, Heather, and thank you for joining us on the Boy Mom
1: Podcast. Oh, this is so fun. I'm so glad you put this together. I mean, much needed, right?
0: Us boy moms. Absolutely. I think so. And you are a boy mom like me to four. Yeah. And um, I... (laughs) Have to just say right now that your podcast has been such an inspiration to me. I absolutely love everything you do on the Don't Mom Alone podcast, and so it's an honor to have you on my podcast. Well, I think it's fun that we get to just talk about boys for a little bit. We do, yeah. We, uh, yes, we do. Well. Um, I'm thinking that most of my listeners already know you, but just in case someone out there doesn't, would you just give us a little background? Tell us about your family and what you do.
1: Yes, I am here in Dallas, Texas with my four boys, like Monica said, uh, ages 7, 10, 12, and 14. Three of them just had birthdays, so we just moved into those ages, and I'm married to Bruce for 20 years And I podcast now full time and speak, and it's been really cool to see how God's kind of shifted everything for me to this Don't Mom Alone message and um, how it really integrates my story of trying to go it alone for a while and just the value of community and also recognizing God's presence with us, um, that we never really are alone if we reach out to him, which as a boy, mom, I do on the regular, even yesterday, I was like, Jesus, I'm going to need some, I'm going to need some extra today. (laughs) (laughs) Them coming home from school was just a lot of energy and Uh all the homework, you know? Yeah. I mean, you homeschool, Uh but when they come home and they're just done and then you have to make them sit and do homework, it's like,
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: not easy. No. Yes.
0: I get that. And, um, I remember even back in the preschool days feeling like that was the more stressful thing than just having them home all day. So I
1: don't
0: know. (laughs) Well, if I was in Hawaii, I would definitely have mine home all day
1: for sure. For sure. Uh, Yeah. No, I did did the homeschool thing for a little bit, and there was a benefit. It simplified my life in certain areas, um, and I definitely could see that. And um, I was homeschooled for a while, so I definitely see the benefit. But then, yeah, just also seeing... It's nice to have other people on my team telling my boys, like the Ugh. same, echoing the same values and calling them up into the men we want them to be. So it's because sometimes I think my voice gets to be like Snoopy, you know, where they're like, mar-mar, mar-mar, mar-mar. <laughs> <laughs> they just start shutting me oh, out. Sure. But yeah.
0: Oh, I totally get that. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm really excited that you agreed to come on to talk about a specific topic today because I have been taking requests for the past couple months from listeners um, since we just wrapped up going through all the topics from my book. Boy, mom, I said, you know, what else do you want to cover? And a whole lot of moms have said they are dealing with sons who have some amount of sensory processing issues they're suspicious that they might or they do and can we talk about that and heather you have agreed to share some of your experience and knowledge on the topic of sensory processing issues so maybe tell me how you came to know what you do or you know kind of your background dealing with this
1: yeah so i would say it started as a professional i'm a speech language pathologist as a a profession before staying home Mm. full-time And so I used to co-treat with occupational therapists and I would see the impact of a child who had some sensory processing um, issues, how, when the OT could get them to a regulated state, that's the Mm -hmm. goal. All of us, um, when we're calm and we're in a place of like our body's ready to learn and you just, I feel like you're just in a green light state and you all know like when we're not stressed, when we're able to learn, we can feel that and that's regulation. And so when the OT could help alongside me and help a child get to that state of regulation, then I could do my work as the speech therapist to retrain their speech or their language system. And so I knew from a professional side, the value, a lot of the clients we worked with at the time had um, more severe disorders. um, And so... When I had my own boys, I don't think, I don't think I gave it enough credit. I don't think that mm. behavior I was seeing in my boys, um, I knew there was, their systems were a little off in how they were processing the world, but I don't think that I recognized how much it was keeping them from learning, um, wow. just regular day-to-day interaction, social interactions, sibling interactions, responding to my requests. Um, I personally have my own sensory uh, integration issues, and it's a spectrum all the way okay. to sensory integrative disorder. Um, but for myself, I was that little kid who I would cry because of scratchy tags on my clothes. I mm-hmm. hated footed pajamas. And so there's this tactile defensiveness that yes. can happen that you might see in kids or maybe it's sound. And my boys really could not handle really loud noises. Um, or if, if it was unexpected loud noise, a lot of crying when there was maybe a fire mm-hmm. truck goes by and, and, um, and so I
0: think there's all these different systems that can be impacted. Well, and I, yeah, I want to hop in and ask if you remember now looking back that you had some of these issues, did did they call it anything then? Did you just live with it? Did you recognize it later or you know, what was your experience?
1: Well, I could spiritualize it, but I think <laughs> I think for me personally, um I was the third in a family where my older siblings were a lot older and okay. it was kind of just like Heather cries all the time. That was Aww. just kind of what was put on me. She's too sensitive. She sure. Um, she's always upset and just stop being upset. It was kind of how it was handled and, and more just because everyone's moving on. My sister was getting married when I was five. I mean, everyone had big things going on in life and me being quiet and easy was, would help everyone. And you know, what God revealed to me now, some 30 years later is my senses are really heightened, but it's how I connect with him. And it's Mm -hmm. how I respond to other people. I'm very aware of other people's emotional states and um, that sensitivity that had such a negative connotation in my Mm -hmm. childhood is such a gift. And I think the enemy wanted to like shut it down and say that that was, you know, bad or annoying and to hide it. And what God has revealed as an adult is, no, I put that in you because I wanted you to, to know me in an intimate way and to reach my people and use that for good and so um
0: yeah that was oh, I- my
1: personal experience
0: Right. I love that. And I'll bet looking back, you think what a difference it would have made if somebody, I mean, not to blame anyone, but if somebody did understand it and could have talked to you about that and what a difference it could make, which I'm sure now motivates you in working with your own children and just recognizing how you can communicate these things differently and not just, you know, blame or put a label on or whatever else. So super helpful.
1: If you think about boys, since this is the boy mom podcast, yeah. I don't know that they're allowed a lot of times spaces mm. to be sad or scared or demonstrate a lot of the emotions
0: sure.
1: that come with feeling dysregulated or feeling out of sorts. And so anger is allowable. And so we might see some really angry boys um, mm-hmm. secondary to they're afraid and they're trying to find yes. control. And so a lot of times um, where where you see – this sensory processing come to the surface is on things that they can control. So toileting, eating, sleep, Uh because they're trying to find a place where they can get control because they feel out of sorts in so many other places. Um, They may be uh, nervous to be in a social situation because they don't know what input that person's going to bring, especially when they're little, Mm -hmm. they don't know what to expect and they can't, You can never control another person. And so they may be hesitant to go to a park or a playground or interact with a new person. They may be more shy. Um, And some of that is them just going into survival mode. Yeah. Uh, Because one thing I want to point out is there are these different sensory systems. And we usually think of the five, you know, classic smell and touch and
0: taste. Yeah.
1: Vision and hearing. Um, But there's three core underlying ones beneath those. One is tactile, one is vestibular, and one is proprioceptive. And those words are like big, science-y words. Yeah, they are. (laughs) um, And they're just our central nervous system and how it processes input, things coming into our body. And so um, those can be out of sorts. And, you know, some kids, it shows up that they're, they go from zero to sixty faster than other kids. Yes, like yes. it's like um, it's like their neurons are just right there. And so mm-hmm. every little thing was, I had one of those. Yes, mm-hmm. uh-huh, I mm-hmm. had one he did not like his clothes to be wet. In fact, okay. we joke about his next brother was hyposensitive. He, it took a lot before he what? was aware. and so we would trade that one's closed with the one who didn't like to be wet when we would go out to eat and something would spill. And we're like, because he didn't care if they were wet and you did. And so it just simplified things. I love
0: it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that though, because that I've always been curious about that. Cause I know some kids are real sensitive to touch, but my second son, seem to crave that tactile. Mm -hmm. And I've told the story that I used to teach uh, fitness classes at a gym and I would pick him up and he would have rug burns on his forehead. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I asked, you know, what happened? And they're like, well, he just pushed himself around on our really coarse rug until he had rug burns. And it was like he needed, he craved more sensation, I guess, Mm -hmm. is what it, you know, instead of being uh, not, liking the touch. He wanted that. And so he would throw his body into a wall or he would do things that just did not add up for me. I couldn't figure it out until I realized that that did fall somewhere on that sensory, um, spectrum, I guess.
1: Yeah. And if you can picture a pyramid and the three at the bottom, that tactile, that big word I said, which is vestibular, which is like your inner ear, um, it's yes. kind of tells your body where you are like in movement. Um, so spinning and then Uh proprioceptive is the kind of deep pressure impact you get with a hug in your joints. And so, um, what recently, and I, you know, you got to let go of mom guilt, but I wish a little bit, I'd taken one of our sons sooner. Um, Mm -hmm. I can go into that in a second, but we took him in and he was evaluated by an occupational therapist and, and she said, you know, most of, most kids like spinning, but there's a point where they start getting dizzy and they don't prefer it. Um, yes. but my <laughs> son, it does not, Perfect. it does not, you know, he doesn't register like a typical vestibular system would. And so oh. you can just keep, keep spinning them and he doesn't get dizzy.
0: Oh, wow. He just can
1: keep going. Yeah. And she said when she spun him one way, like 10 times, and you stop, your eyes are supposed to do this nystagmus thing, you know, where they go oh, back sure. and forth and readjust yes. his yeah. rolled up into the corner. Ooh. So she said, that, that tells me it's not processing in a typical fashion. Okay. So wow. all of that input comes in, all that movement he's doing throughout the day, or if he goes at the playground, he's getting the spinning, is going in and not registering appropriately, but what can calm him? And it's, and it revs him up. So for my son, that looks like jumping around and he can be super, super hyper Uh and his body looks really out of control and then, um, and he's not regulated in that state. He's not in a place to learn. He gets really silly. Um, and then the thing that can help calm him and bring him down is deep hugs, deep pressure. And I knew that that was calming to him because I knew that's what he would do when he was feeling out of sorts. Intuitively. Yes. He would come in for a hug or, I told this kindergarten teacher, you know, if you would just go by and kind of push down on his head, because think about that (laughs) joint of your skull into your, in your spine, that's like a big, big joint, almost the biggest one in your body. And so that can kind of a gentle push down on the head can release a lot of positive endorphins and help create calm and she said I kind of remember you telling me that but I always pray that God would just direct me to how I should interact with each kid and I found myself hugging your son more than the other kids and I realized yeah exactly that's what he needed and God was directing her to that so that's something to consider as you're thinking about these systems and how you're I think sometimes we just think they're misbehaving right or this is really hard just get it together
0: right They're silly kids being crazy. Yes. So when would you tell a mom to seek outside help? Because I think all kids at some point probably fall on the spectrum. I mean, at one point Mm -hmm. or another, Mm -hmm. there's probably a little sensitivity one direction or another, but when would you suggest it's time to seek outside help and who would you tell them to go to? So
1: uh, I, I think it's releasing the same week as this one. If not, go check the archives over on my podcast. I interviewed an OT and she has great information on knowing when, Um, I would think the biggest barrier to seeking out help is usually finances because it's not cheap. Anytime you invite a therapist into, you know, any part of your life, it's not
0: cheap. Well, Um, I hope it's covered by some insurance. Sometimes it is and sometimes
1: it's not. Um, And a lot of OTs, they they just don't even work with insurance at this point. So that is Hmm. the tricky part of that. Um, If there is under the age of three, though, most states have an early intervention program where it is covered.
0: Okay, um,
1: But to get an evaluation and to see, whenever I would talk to parents about speech and language pathology and whether they should get therapy or not because maybe their child was a late talker or they were unintelligible and should they get speech therapy, um, if they could afford it, I always thought some intervention and they, and they you know, resolve it faster is better than waiting because yeah. – a neurological system is like the most um, primed and ready to change when they're little. And you can do the the biggest impact in the short amount of shortest amount of time. So it's going to take my son who's older, a lot longer to get these new neurological pathways and help his body regulate on its own than if I'd gone five years ago.
0: Right. So I would say the
1: big thing is obviously finances, but also if it is impacting your relationship with that child,
0: that's mm-hmm. causing
1: a lot of stress on your family, and your home life. More Their than education. Yes. Yeah. Well, I always said education. So that's what messed me up. <laughs> so that, I was like, well, <laughs> he's fine in the classroom. He's not getting in trouble. He's getting right. 100 on all of his tests. Um, but I didn't realize that as he was getting older, he was becoming aware. And so what uh-huh. was happening it was a lot of negative self-talk. To the sure. point that he was saying things that no parent wants their child to say mm-hmm. because he was feeling such extreme emotions and yeah. what got me to finally sign him up was actually david thomas who we all love who wrote mm-hmm. wild things right yep. um, he was in town and i was having dinner with him and sissy and i asked him i said we're just having a really hard time i mean at this point he would we would be at dinner and he would just get up from the table go into the bathroom slam the door call himself an idiot, call everybody an idiot and just completely, um, isolate and just a lot of, a lot of emotions, heightened, heightened emotions. Right. And I said, is this something where we need to see a counselor or a psychologist? What do I do? And he said, I would start with occupational therapy. He said that to me is where a lot of these boys need just a little bit of help. And he said, "I he said I honestly think that a lot of the 13 and 14 year olds that I see in my office, I wonder what things would have been like if they'd had one year of OT. Wow. Because if you throw that dysregulation plus testosterone, yeah. you
0: know." Yeah. Well, I think that's so helpful because how many kids are just being disciplined or, you know, labeled as a bad kid or even, you know, put through counseling, which is never bad. But when really there might have been some real simple things that could have helped them through this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it is is
1: working with an OT and just I'm sure now you can search online for all kinds of sensory um techniques where you don't have to pay beyond the tools. I was just going to say, do you have
0: a book that you recommend that we could, I could,
1: I could look for one and get one to you, but I I know that there's one called the out of sync child.
0: That's that's funny. I, I actually got that book when my son was young. And, and that did give me some good insight. I don't know if they have a newer edition. It's yeah. been, it's like a long one. Yeah. Years. Yeah. That was an old one. Yeah. Yeah. But. but it was actually really helpful. But if you have the other podcast episode where you interviewed the OT, we'll make sure to link to that. Cause I'm sure that's going to have lots of information.
1: Yeah. And I think the key is knowing how your child interacts with sensory information, because what calms my son may not be what calms your child. Well, Um, If they're big into crashing other kids, like they get in trouble a lot for being in other kids' space, that means Mm -hmm. they need more input to know where they are. Like their body doesn't give them that feedback like it does for you and I. And so they don't even notice that they're kind of drifting towards the other person until – they crash, and that right. tells no. them that needs to be more intense so that their body yes. registers totally. that information. That, that, was
0: our, that was our situation, and it did provide many embarrassing moments out in public where my son would just crash into large men. Yeah. <laughs> places but interestingly now that you're saying it this is the same son that had a lot of ear problems as a baby Mm -hmm. and um, didn't start speaking till he was older and ended up getting tubes placed in his ears and it changed everything so I think it's fascinating how our systems are so interrelated of course and who knows looking back if that could have all been related so super interesting stuff
1: and different sports it's interesting like how th- this one son who's getting OT and PT physical therapy. Yep. is loves basketball and that's such a grounding sport like the running. Yes. every joint gets that deep input and totally. just the bouncing the ball in your arm I mean it's it's helping him overall be calmer when he can just go out and throw the basketball around and that's not some- that's something we found in the last year, which I didn't even know would be so beneficial to helping him have a better self esteem and just be in that window of tolerance or that window where he can learn, um, letting him do that before he goes to do homework is always a a lot more helpful
0: for both of us. Oh yeah. That makes perfect sense. And so I think to give maybe some encouragement to a mom who has a younger child and they're realizing they're dealing with some of this, I mean, from what I understand, when they learn some coping techniques and when parents understand what's going on, there's there's really a lot of hope for them to have a um, healthy, balanced future, right? I mean, do you have any insight into what to expect in the years ahead? I definitely think that
1: um, just like I learned about myself, I mean, there are, for everything, there's a gift, right? Yes. For every hard behavior, challenging behavior, we see there's a gift on the other side of it. Um, the key is always not, allowing it to impede relationship. And so I think with young kids, you know, you're just, it's, it's exhausting, physically exhausting. And so anything that can, can help you manage that better and then hold out hope that like you and I have seen, they change and they grow and their systems develop and they tolerate things more than they used to. My son that could never have his clothes wet can be, drenched now. He's fine. He's it Yay. it does change and grow and right. I'm I'm fine with tags. I don't have to cut the tags out of all of my shirts anymore. You know, we start to numb the hypersensitive start to numb to that input and right. and the other ones start to require less to be able to sense it. And so there is Hold like it. a natural developmental um Normalizing yeah. of, of right. I think system.
0: sometimes they they do just grow out of it, yeah. and other times they might need a little more help. And like you said, it's a spectrum, so they're not yeah. all gonna.
1: Yeah, I'm. I mean, with all parenting things, I'm always like, do what helps you. Yes. With your kid, if right. that is to stop breastfeeding, if that is to, whatever it is that's going to help your family function better, don't yeah. look at some formula or some somebody right. on some site or some book told you to do it's right. if you know in your gut something is not right and it's going to help ease your mind to get the assessment and know okay well there's not anything going on we're fine right
0: yes yes mm-hmm. i think and and trusting your gut a little yeah. bit more as moms yeah. i think the more kids you have the more you realize that you probably intuitively know so much more than you think you do yeah. oh well that is all super helpful and we'll make sure to link to your interview with the ot for those who really want to learn more and and yeah if you come up with any books you can let me know and i'll include them in our show notes for sure well any last words on this because i want to dive into three fun boy mom questions okay. for you heather let's so, do it let's do it let's, let's do it okay the first question i have is what is one boy mom essential that you can't imagine living without anything goes
1: I mean, I feel like over the years this has shifted. So yes. I'll give like a couple. Like when they were really little, my liver die was the um, trampoline with a handle.
0: Oh yeah, great again, for sensory too, yes, right? Again,
1: when I would see them acting negatively, I would say, "Oh, they just need to move their big muscles." So we, I, I said, it. "Go jump ten times on the trampoline." Love it. Um, the uh, the one that also. St- Stuck out to me was the fact that we have this snack cabinet. I just keep it mm-hmm. stocked full of any snacks that it I think are fine at any time of the day, and also wow. a drawer of fruits and vegetables and cheese sticks. I Excellent. think that has saved me from boys who just graze all day. They still eat the three main meals, but they're kind right. of like eating every couple hours too. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And that just helps oh. them like be aware I'm hungry, I eat, I stop when I'm full, and so they're all just really healthy eaters. Oh, good. Um, And I would say the last so one good. that it has been helpful was I went to Costco and got um, a Febreze car. Uh, like, it helps your car not smell bad.
0: Really? I didn't know they had those.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, well, I used uh. to have, like, an essential oil one that would, it was like a USB port, and I could put my oh, essential wow. oils in, and that died. But um, I just, the boys... Two of them are in football.
0: It's just a oh, lot of yeah. smells
1: at this stage.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. When they're little, you're
1: like, they'll never smell bad. But they do eventually. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I'm going to have to find that. I'll yeah. look at Costco. Yeah. Okay. Second question. I, I see a lot of photos um, on Instagram of you making funny faces, (laughs) laughing on your website. It looks like your family is so much fun. So what makes you and your boys laugh the most? This includes your husband, family, family laughter.
1: Well, we do like comedy a lot. And (laughs) there's a sketch comedy group that is based out of Utah. Well, now they're in New York, but they were based out of Utah. So they're really clean. They're Mormon, I think it's Studio C, Studio C.
0: I need to them. check this
1: out. Yeah. So they're pretty, they're pretty clean and they're, um, they're really clever. And so they enjoy that. I know yesterday oh, what made us laugh was, um, so when my boys were little, my husband created email addresses for all of them. Uh-huh. And when something funny would happen or he took a picture or there was just something silly that they said, he would send it via email. Cause he was like, oh I my have my goodness. phone right here. I'll just send it via email. That is so smart. What a way to keep a record. Right. So my oldest just got his first phone. So he was looking at his email and he was going through all of them. And we were just cracking up at (laughs) some of the things that he said. And, you know, one thing was like someone spilled milk and they said, oh, no, does Jesus have to die on the cross again? Like (laughs) (laughs) just like little things that I would encourage you if you have kids like just that are young, write them down or send them. Yeah. Genius! What right? a great
0: way to keep a record. Oh, I'm so sad that I didn't hear this 18 <laughs> years ago.
1: That's brilliant. well, and it's kind of the Wild West on the internet. So claim their Gmail addresses now. You're right. right, you're right. Yeah, um,
0: definitely.
1: So that's those are those are we definitely enjoy. Well, that's things. so
0: good. Sometimes the boys and I listen to PG comedy on Pandora, yeah. which isn't always totally PG, but um. But yeah, I'm. I hope you can give us the link so we can check out that other comedy. Studio C,
1: yes. Love yes. a
0: good laugh. Okay, and now number three, how have you kept your feminine side while raising your troop of boys? Any tips for those boy moms out there?
1: So I have a good group of girlfriends here in Dallas that are super in the know. Dallas is kind of girly in itself. Like, there's just a lot of energy put into how you look and shopping and I mean, just a lot of time and I'm from Indiana. So that is a little, yeah, it's a little foreign to me, but I just surround myself with these women. And like today, like I told you, got to go get my nails done. I I didn't used to do that before I moved to Dallas. Um, Went shopping at a friend's house. Uh, Haley has her own little company, Hey Honey Clothing. And so she, you know, just tried on clothes with a friend and yeah, fun. Yeah. They helped me.
0: Stay girlfriends yes gotta have the girlfriends yes. I love that well um I need more of that in my life <laughs> so okay so don't mom alone don't mom alone don't mom alone so good well um lastly before we let you go do you have a piece of wisdom something that if you could look back on maybe yourself just starting off as a boy mom that you can share with the younger moms out there boy mom wisdom
1: Yeah, I think as boy moms, we learn really early how out of control we are, which is a gift. Mm. It's a gift that we, yeah, that we get that parenting training. It doesn't feel like a gift, but (laughs) the alternative is the rebellion happening in the teen years and just punching us in the gut because we thought Mm. all was fine and dandy. And I think the gift of having boys is that you release that grip a little bit. Um, I think. My advice, or what I wish I would have done more of, is um, not squelched their little boyness, their childishness in Mm. the name of behave so I look good. Um, I think that there's enough time in their life where they're going to be called to be men in suits and jobs and, I don't know, just letting them be kids. Um, So good. I'm just so thankful, even looking back at those little videos yesterday, like, the great memories of just being silly and boys. And um, I think I did a better job of that at home than in public. Uh, sure. And of course there's that's like true. standards yeah. and we have to, right? we you have know, to respect other people's space and we have to, have, you know, but there's childishness that's different from decorum. So and so giving them spaces to be kids is good.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. I, I think my fourth son, I just kind of put him up there with the teenagers in my mind sometimes and forget that he's, he's still just nine. I mean, nine's not yeah. little, little, but we were at the beach last weekend and he had this huge backpack full of stuff. And we're like, what are you, we don't need that much stuff. And my older son looked at it and he goes, mom, he has five pairs of underwear in his backpack for the day. <laughs> and I went, he's nine. Of course he does. And he probably has 16 toys. And like, so I think it's such good advice let them be little and enjoy them being little and let them be boys and oh so good yeah Thanks, I think Heather. it was
1: good for my boys to see themselves acting when they were when my oldest was seven was that's a lot of the videos were when he was seven and my youngest is seven and I think they get so annoyed with his behavior or how silly mm-hmm. he is and I'm like yeah. you were that way but you were allowed to be because everyone was little in our house and yes. so, yeah giving Aww. them grace to be little
0: yeah Mm-hmm. So true. I love that. Great piece of advice. Well, be, before we go, can you just tell everyone um, where they might find you? We're going to link in show notes, of course, to everywhere, but can you just give us a quick um, pointer to where everyone can follow you online? Uh, it's everything. Don't, don't mom alone.
1: Don't mom at don't mom alone. You can find that, me.
0: That's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so much fun to follow. Everyone will oh, love to follow you you're sweet. everywhere.
1: You're sweet. Well, Heather,
0: it has been a joy to have you on. You just gave us so many good things to think about and work with. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. And again, for ministering to Boy Moms. I love it.
0: Well, we're going to want to have you back. So I hope you don't okay. mind being a regular Absolutely. around here.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> I, would, I would be honored.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, God bless you and aloha. Okay. Adios. Oh, well, isn't Heather just awesome? I hope you enjoyed that episode, guys, and I hope you will share it with your friends. Um, this is a topic that is so relevant to so many families. Almost everybody deals with uh, sensory perception issues at some point or another. So please do share this and um be sure to refer to the show notes too to find all of those links. And today's show notes are at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 22. One of my favorite things from what Heather shared was just the fact that sometimes given a tight hug, you know, push down on the head. Be gentle on that one, by the way. But how important it is that we touch our kids. So I'm going to encourage everybody to just, next time you are near your child or children, give them all a big, tight squeeze. Everybody needs a hug at least once a day. So, um, thanks again for being here. You guys spread the word about this podcast. I am already looking forward to the next Aloha Friday episode, a short and sweet one coming up in just a few days. So I look forward to seeing you there and until next time, Aloha.